0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. After a few weeks of selfless research in the United States of America, notably New York, David Shapiro, Deputy Chairman of Sassfin Securities in the salubrious surroundings of is back with his findings. <laughs> David, I didn't get a chance to speak to you as you landed because you're normally full of um, uh, New York anecdotes and just sometimes a little bit cynical about the way that things do or don't work in South Africa compared to New York, but you can probably dig up a few now. You came back and uh, suddenly load shedding started again. How would New Yorkers yes. put up with load no. shedding, do you suppose? <laughs> oh, no.
1: You know, whoever whoever's responsible would be fired and everybody that works for that person be fired as well uh the mayor would be kicked out as well, so uh mm. nothing like that happens you don't you don't you, you know i in in all the time I was there, I never saw one traffic light that didn't work uh certainly load shedding is is something uh that might happen after a very very heavy um snowstorm or they might be out for a bit, but yes. it's restored as quickly as it goes down so you don't find those attitudes and, and New Yorkers would never, you know, would never, uh, accept it. So I think it's one thing that differentiates, you know, you can, it's an old city. I mean, and it's, it's infrastructure needs, uh, renewing. We know all of that. You go to the JFK, you go to an airport like that. Mm. It's nothing like the new airports that you are seeing in the Middle East or some of the newer cities, but, uh, still everything works, you know, and, uh, um it's been patched up it's been repainted i even i love the underground there and uh, new yorkers moan about the underground cuz it's so old mm. but it does what it's supposed to do it gets you from a to b in pretty quick time mm. you never wait more than 3 or 4 minutes so i th- it's it's uh, uh i don't think they tolerate what we go through here it's a very demanding city
0: I think what it is, is that there is public transport there. And it's a refreshing Mm. change for a South African to go overseas, whether it be to Barcelona or Paris or London, or where I am now, Rotterdam, and see that there are buses and trams and and metros that actually work. Whereas in South Africa, we don't have any public transport, essentially. And I'm not being disparaging about the taxi drivers, but it's not public transport, it's private transport. Yeah,
1: the public transport not only does it work, but it's also very reasonable. You know, I would buy a week ticket at thirty dollars. Yes. And I can travel as many times as I want on buses, on trains, as many times a day. You know, during that week. Uh, and believe me, you you use it so. What does What does that come to? Four hundred and fifty rand. You yes. know, I've got a full week's uh, uh, transport and very effective wherever I want to go in New York, Manhattan bus whatever it is and you know even the taxis are pretty reasonable they're not uh, they're not expensive and uh, you know catching catching a taxi or a driver or uh, hiring a car through to uh, jfk is not it's not all that expensive you know gas or petrol is, is a lot cheaper and uh, they set rates so you know from that point of view yeah, you can get around pretty easily and pretty effectively.
0: And don't you find that this promotes a productivity? For example, if you've mm. got to get to a meeting and you're in Rosebank and suddenly there's load shedding, and you've got to get to Sant and then the traffic lights are out or the robots are out and therefore you're going to be at least half an hour late if you can get there at all. You may even phone up the person you're meeting and saying, listen, I can't get there because of load shedding. But I find that the ability to move from place to place efficiently actually promotes the economy. Mm. Mm.
1: I, I look, things can be pretty tough in New York. I think the one thing that I always fear is catching uh, a taxi from JFK into Manhattan. And I always prepared for an hour and that, an hour or an hour 20 minutes. Mm. But it moves. What, what, what I'm trying to say is it's moves. It's never gridlocked. The time that it is gridlocked is after heavy storms or if there's a snowstorm or something like that. But I've never experienced that, uh, certainly not in New York. And whatever it is, you've, uh, things like ways tells you where the jams are and so on. So, yeah, traffic's heavy there, but uh, you negotiate it. You know, you never feel like and, – and drivers are much more courteous. I mean, they, they're New York drivers and they're impatient, but uh, they're not mad like our drivers. You know, they won't drive down the wrong lane or get onto the pavement. I mean, uh, they never drive again. I don't think – I think they'll be locked up for life. Yeah. Uh, endangering someone's life. And I think that's the difference. You, you know, it comes back to something that's, that's quite important. Uh, where you live in a big city like New York or London, and uh, if it's, you've, you've got to obey the laws. You know, you can't be unruly in, in, in your behavior. And I think that differentiates South Africa from, uh, or Johannesburg, say, from something like New York. There, they obey the rules. They obey the rules in millions of people, etc. But they realise that you've got to have civic, you know, civic order, in order for the for the city to function. Here, we just do what we like. You know, we park where we like. We we act or we like. We don't want to pay our fees. We don't pay. We don't pay our bills, and so on. Uh, you can't get away with. Uh, with that in a city you know, in a city like new york, and that 's how they can handle i don 't know how many people come in anywhere between ten to fifteen million people are there during the day, and of course at night they all leave. but uh, you can learn so much from them you know, we can learn how they do things and, and that 's what I always uh, always bewilders me that we don 't want to learn you know how to run a big city or how to run populous in a city.
0: Let's move on to something else before we get onto the market yeah. and this is something that disturbed me. Our friend Greg Davies, to whom we speak regularly, sent me tweets this morning about an interview with Beleka Mbete on Al Jazeera. And I'm just read this is from the Times Live. .co.za. Says here former National Assembly Speaker Belekha Mbete's interview with T V station Al Jazeera has been labelled embarrassing after she failed to take responsibility for the failures of the ANC government. I mean that's putting it mildly. Uh, she yeah. she blamed European settlers on the crime rate. And uh, she said, Who came up with these crime statistics? And somebody said, Well, it was actually the UN, you know, with the fifth this, with the second that, with the worst this, etc. And she said she decried the research on the economy as an exaggeration and said the World Bank was not God. And this is a woman that's representing the country as an ANC stalwart and a a, a parliamentarian, -parliamentarian. ex-parliamentarian. It is quite sad.
1: It's denial. You know,
0: one of our problems, if we could face up
1: to our problems, if we could face up to the fact that Eskom is going to bankrupt this country, you know, we can fix it. If we, if we recognize that, uh, that maybe we have messed up, then there is a chance that we can turn things around. But where you deny things like that. And, you know, I, you know, I read in The Economist this week, this, the current edition now, there's an interview with uh, Cyril Ramaphosa. Mm. And even the journalists, they, they, they think about or they talk about uh, necessary reforms, necessary economic reforms. And I come back to something that i discussed with you a long time. You know, often, sorry, many times. And that's in order to actually get economic growth going, you have to make this place a desirable place to live. You've got to take crime off the road. You've got to make people – we can't act in an unruly manner. And I come back to what I'm talking about, civil order. You know, if there's civil order and you feel – safe in the place, if you can walk in the roads and, and rest in the parks and so on, and people feel good about where they live, they will start to work harder. You know, you spoke about the productivity side of it. They will do that. And their, and their animal spirits will come out, you know, will start to uh, come out rather than thinking about going to some other country. You know, they all want to stay here because they, they enjoy the lifestyle. And we forget that we keep ignoring that. It's not a matter of, you know, it's not a matter of of, of uh, economic reform. It's a matter of uh, social reform. And as long as they carry on like this, with uh, you know, as long as she speaks like this, uh, you know, and they deny it and they start blaming everybody else, we're never going to make progress. And crime is a massive deterrent to uh, to confidence, to to growth, to uh, you know, to attracting um, investment. I promise you, don't think people don't know what happens here. And the stories that I came back are quite horrific, you know, of people within our community who were murdered. Uh, just, just terrible, terrible stories of of house invasions, of breaking into houses. But they don't break in and steal something while you're sleeping. They break in while you're awake, tie you up, and, and in, in, in a number of cases, murder you, mm. you know. And, and, and I think mean, it's crazy. And that's got nothing to do with white settlers or whatever. She blames it on, I don't know. You know it's all made-up statistics. It's, that's crazy.
0: I've been watching the Rugby World Cup, and we'll come to sport later on, as we mm. always do, David. But um, I was lucky enough to be invited about a year and a half ago to Japan by the Tokyo tourism people, by a very serene and elegant Japanese woman who's in, in her 60s her name was Tabata she's about I mean I'm six I'm eight foot nine and she's one foot six uh, but, <laughs> but, but we got on very well together and she's just <laughs> sent me a, an email this morning saying congratulations uh, it says dear Lindsay son Congratulations on your victory yesterday, South Africa's that is. And that was, it was just a nice touch. And I think to myself, the respect and the way that the Japanese go mm. about things is the complete antithesis of what happens in South Africa. Mm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, are a, they are a nation like that. I mean, it's, uh, they do, they're very humble in uh, their approach. Listen, they're not, they're not easy. I mean, no. you know, dealing with Japanese business is not easy, but. Uh, I think in respect like that, they are uh, uh, you know, even on the field. I don't think they have the same kind of aggression that the English, the Irish, the way you and South Africans have. I, I respect all Blacks as well. seem to be have a very nice uh, ethical approach as well. Mm. uh you don't see them getting angry but but uh, but we yeah <laughs> it is a nice touch I, listen we beat japan hello I mean, yes i mean, it, was, it was a fantastic
0: no, no come on no they've done very well they've won their previous four games we'll come to sport later <laughs> on anyway uh, david let's talk about the markets and i have to say yeah this is a time of year it's october the uh, october mm. the 19th anniversary has come and gone and there was a bit of a, a sell-off in the Dow, but mm. it's quite boring I've, i'm finding it there a you. little bit tedious It is. It's very difficult.
1: It's very difficult to get excited because there's nothing new. There's nothing new happening. There's nothing fresh happening, and uh, uh, um, you know that's even on global markets. There's no. I'm struggling to find. What I like to do every year, I like to find a new theme. Something that's okay. Let's choose a stock for a year, or let's choose a a couple of stocks for the year. You know, this last year has been uh, medical diagnostics or diagnostic uh, tech. I don't know, med tech, let's call it that, you know. uh,
0: okay.
1: um, uh Philips in, in your part of the world who provide machinery that help doctors diagnose you and, uh, you know, look into your body and so on. And there are a number of businesses like that, uh, companies like Stryker and that who, who replace your arms and your knees and your legs, you know, uh, intuitive surgical who help you, uh, who, uh, you know, who who help surgeons, uh um, operate with with minimum invasion on your body and so on. Those kind of companies. There were a number of them, and I'm trying to look for something now into the next year. We're beginning to. I think the big subject is going to be ESG and environment and uh, you know social responsibility and that. And I think um, you know looking for businesses, but it's not easy. You know, it's not it's not easy to come up with uh, uh, with themes that are going to perhaps drive the market higher. I think the markets are beh- behaving very well under the circumstances, but I think that's more a, uh, a function of, of very low interest rates and low inflation. Um, but there's no driving forces. You know, there's nothing that we can get excited about. There are no IPOs that are coming on. And the ones that did come on this year were pretty floppy. But, and I'm talking from a global context. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. you know? I can't get my teeth into any big stories.
0: When we look back, and when you talk about ESG, I've conducted an ESG chat with a very very well-developed company when it comes to their ESG presence. And that that interview will only be out next week once it's gone onto their website. But uh, when you think about ESG and the public and investing consciousness… That is so to the fore these days. Do you say to yourself, "Well, it's so simple. You just sell things like uh, British American Tobacco because of the vaping yeah. story, because of yeah. the uh, tobacco story that has been there for for so long." But they keep on reinventing themselves. Maybe mm. this is the this is the way to do it. Not yeah. to say what should we buy, yeah. what should we sell, or mm-hmm. well, short. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Coal companies, anything around that kind of you know who mess up the environment. Yes, you've got to be very wary and very cautious. Particularly coal mines might be functioning already, but I think their expansion's going to be limited. Uh, mining, anybody who turns up the environment, yeah. So I think it's going to be uh it's it's going to affect companies. You know, they're not going to they're not going to get their mining rights as easy as they are. And what happens is there's much more of a global, you know, you call it consciousness now. Mm. And uh, American investors are going to say to uh Some business, you know, uh, yes, we're investing in you here, but you've got a subsidiary somewhere in Africa that's just churning up or uh, uh, messing up the environment or, um, you know, uh, whatever, killing animals or whatever, you know, so on, some kind of issue like that. And uh, for that reason, we're not going to deal with you Uh, or you're mistreating your people, so on, you know, you're bribing your way into the country. Those kind of issues are going to be very important uh, going down the line. So you have to behave yourself and, and uh, companies have to behave themselves as well. So um, it's going to be a theme, um, you know, that's going to be very, very, very relevant uh, going forward. And that's correct. You know, companies must, uh, um, you know, companies must behave themselves. You can't do what we used to do and hide away from it. You know, if you want to be a national,
0: a global player. Quite right. This week is going to be is going to bring retail into focus because we've got pick and pay and clicks coming out. I've just yeah. been watching Truworths and it just keeps on dribbling yeah. down all uh, the time, and Diskem coming down all the time. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not a big moves. It's not going to be oh goodness me, TrueWorth fell ten percent on its results. It's not like that. It's just a slow drip, drip, drip. Uh, what do you think about retail? Because retail is the theme of this week for me.
1: Yeah, they they're down today. They're under pressure, and I think they're going to continue to be under pressure. We might have seen the sell off We might have seen the derating. But I don't think the turnaround is going to be anything exciting. And it can't be. You know, where you've got an economy now where we're talking about uh, either flat growth in the third quarter of South Africa or, alternatively, even contraction. We don't know. It's pointing more towards contraction. Uh, it, 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 it's naturally going to point to toughness in the, in the retail segment. Uh, the first hint we 've got of it is cash flow came out today with a with an update um, what What mm. I find quite interesting is it 's flat. They added more stores, so any growth in revenue came from from the new stores, but there was nothing in the demand for for their products. I know this is not food, and this is not this is uh, building products and that, but you can you get a feel that demand is is slowing down and that consumers are uh, under a lot of pressure. So how it translates into pick and pay or Shoprite or any of those is is just the ability of those companies to steal from other companies or steal. You know, when I say I say steal revenue, steal customers, and that will come at the expense of margins. Yeah, you know, you'll have to you'll have to make it. Uh, in other words, you'll you'll have to give up on your price uh, in order to gain kind of further revenue and so on. So I think it's. We're in a
0: tough time. I'm not picking on Trueworths now because I like Michael Moore, oh. but month-to-date uh, down 2.3%, quarter-to-date mm-hmm. down 2.3%, seven days down 2.7%. It goes on. But the year-to-date figure is down 41%. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's, well, it is. That's a lot. Three months there, down 24%. A
0: this, is a, yeah. this, is, this is a big move.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's a, it's, it's, you've got to understand it's a combination of events. Number one, yes, it is the economy, but also – uh, it's your merchandise. It's the products that you put in the shops that uh, that also can dictate, um, you know, people's tastes. And uh, we've seen it uh, from from time to time. So merchandising is very important. So yeah, you're right. I'm just looking through here. If you want, I see the the biggest loss this year has been uh, Massmart, which is down about 57%. To give you an idea of some of the uh, retailers, uh, Tours then comes in at 40%. Mr. Price down thirty six percent, so it gives an idea of some of the sh- you know the losses that we've seen. within. Shoprite thirty percent, cash bill twenty eight percent. These are big numbers. Yeah. Um, on on, you know, in a sector that's widely held, well covered. Yeah, widely held, well covered. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So, okay, so we'll look forward to that. But you're starting to see some value there potentially. You, you said maybe the sell-off is I, over. No, no.
1: I you know even if the sell offs over. Uh, I think the recovery is going to be slow. Um, there's nothing to attract you to go in. So yes, yeah, there'll be trading opportunities. You know, trading opportunities meaning that uh, where it's oversold, you'll you'll get a quick turnaround, a few percentage points. But um, I, I I still don't see anything in the South African economy that gets me excited and makes me want to go into uh, you know into this market. And even on our even on our mining shares, uh, we've Uh, I've I've been watching Impala, uh, you know, big turnover there. And, of course, with their purchase uh, in North America, another platinum or palladium producer um, expansion there, I'm still still very cautious of the miners as well. You know, whether whether with the slowdown in the global economy you're going to, uh, you know, it's it's really going to make a big difference. So I suppose one's got to look for the efficient miners, those who can mine efficiently, generate cash, and pay it out. But it's not, it's not exciting. You know what I mean? It's not,
0: no, it's it, not.
1: It's, it's not the nine exciting. You know, it's not new products or new listings, uh, the kind of stuff that we, we like to see in a bull market.
0: Yeah, you don't wake up in the morning and say, I must look at this sector now because of what yeah. I've just read in the Financial yeah. Times or something, and South Africa is at the forefront. Mm-hmm. There's nothing mm-hmm. like that anymore. Anyway, let's right. moan too right. much. So, so you can't find a theme for next year, 2020. But it's a
1: reality. you know. something, Lindsay, it's not a moan. It's, it's the reality of where we are. I, I I enjoy you know my weekend. I like to read The Economist. I like Financial Times. I go down and read the New York Times. I must ask you to read read. I think it was yesterday's lead article in the New York Times yes. about how Trump and how the Republicans are using social media uh, to further their aims. They are way ahead of the Democrats, and the Democrats are still uh, you know still ten steps behind uh, in terms of how to use social media and the way that they're using the money. To uh, you know, to canvass for votes, but uh, it's quite frightening. It's quite frightening how the Republicans have learned to twist minds and uh, um, you know to get the message out there way ahead psychologically um, than the Democrats, and it's scary. So uh, I found it quite uh, you know quite quite a nerve-wracking article. But what what came across as well and this is quite important for me because I'm, I'm a Facebook holder and I'm an uh, Amazon and, you know, I hold some of the big tech. I'm still going with them. I haven't sold out, mm. is that how important they are becoming in media. Uh, Facebook today, you cannot advertise without Facebook. You know, you cannot ignore. If you want to get a message out there, uh, you have to use social media. You have to use – and Facebook – Relates more to our age. The kids have gone down to Instagram and so on. But I mean, um, uh, you, you still can't ignore. For corporates, they still have to uh, use Facebook or certainly Google or something. You know, those 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 are the two big ones. And um, you know, that's it. That's that's it's it's like a, uh, you know, your TV your TV shows your TV your your main um, the main channels. Just haven't got the same kind of power. And what's happening with Facebook? It's the 65-year-olds and up that are now becoming the biggest, uh, you know, the, the biggest subscribers. That's you. They look at, yeah, that's me. Because you know why? It's like my wife. You know, she'll go and she'll look at pictures of other people's families or friends out of all over the world and so on. And that's that's where it's being used. While the kids are using, uh, you know, other means to communicate with each other.
0: It's interesting, actually, as you've just been in New York, I'll mention the uh, subliminal New York, the ultimate New York uh, sitcom, and that was Seinfeld. Which is sadly no longer on our streams, although I noticed that uh, Netflix has just signed a deal and I think it's going mm. to be on Netflix from uh, 2021, something like that. But you were talking about the Democrats versus the Republicans when it came to social media. George Costanza, a little Jewish fellow brought up in Queens, <laughs> <laughs> he said he was talking about something anyway. He said, Look, he's working with a Zippo, I'm rubbing two sticks together here.
1: <laughs> so, that what you're saying is it's, it's, yeah, the Republicans and Democrats, yeah.
0: exactly the same thing. Okay, David, uh, so so we're not doing anything at the moment, um, we 've got the midterm budget policy statement coming up at the end of this month that 's a difficult one it is we,
1: we where are we going to find the money? you know at the end of the day, you can be an accountant and you the only way they 're going to make money is to is to uh, cut costs and to cut the budget you know that 's the only way is to stop cash being or 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 uh, cut back from uh, allocating cash to certain, perhaps, areas. I don't know where they're going to do that. But they're not making the revenue. You know, we're not making the revenue. We know that we're going to fall short on collections. Uh, you can't tax people anymore because the companies are not making money. And, uh, um, the, you know, there's limits to which you can you can take from a very small portion of the population. Mm. So I think I think they're in a very difficult... We can talk and we can be honest and we can be open as as we're now starting to find uh, government coming. But at the end, yeah, yeah, you've got to grow an economy. And uh, that's going to require a lot harder work and a lot more difficult decisions to be made.
0: David, let's move on to sport now and start with football if we can because I'm a bit worried about Spurs. They drew one all with Watford. Yeah, on, and when I see yeah. Mauricio Pochettino after the game, saying, "Oh, we did this and we did that and it was great. And I said, "Well, you're playing a team that hasn't won this season at home and you've drawn one all. How can you summon this energy and this enthusiasm and this rubbish that you've just told me? You've got a multi-million pound squad there and you drew with Watford. Come on now.
1: No, they were terrible.
0: They're just just
1: lethargic. They've lost everything. I I couldn't see anything in them. Uh, Harry Kane, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. You know, just, uh, I think just generally the, the squad looks very stretched, very tired. Um, one season too much. And he's not going to be able to turn it around. We saw it with Wenger. Once you start slipping down that slope, it's very difficult to get back up again. So, And he's, he's not a Ferguson. Ferguson never really slipped down. He might have lost it one season here and there, but uh, generally, and I think, I think, uh, Spurs really look, really look ragged. Not, mm. um, uh-uh. yeah, I, right. I, I don't know. I feel sorry for them. I feel when I say sorry for them, it's just uh, uh, at the beginning of the season. You know, everyone spoke about them, it's kind of challenging for the league no ways.
0: Mm-mm. No, same as Manchester United. I don't feel. I, sa- I don't feel paid sad paid for them.
1: Much, huh? I think maybe these tips get paid too much, and they start believing their own headlines. You know, they believe how wonderful they are. Uh, and then come onto the field and, and just don't try the same way as they used to. Just haven't got that, uh. The same kind
0: of spirit. Yeah, Manchester oh. United. I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said we were so good and we did this and we did that. You've drawn another game. It's the worst start for 30 <laughs> years. It's another one-one. <laughs> one, okay to draw one-one with Liverpool is no disgrace, but oh. Oh, because okay. Liverpool are good. But Liverpool didn't have Mo Salah, and they seem to oh, freeze no. when they go to Old Trafford these days. Mm. They have a clunky yeah. performance. Well, yeah, also, no. United are just boring. i got nothing there.
1: There's nothing that, you know, when you think of United of the past, I mean, there's just no one in the team that can live up to that. I don't think, I don't think anybody would have made those previous teams. There's no one there in the team today that, uh, you know, would have got into the team of the late 80s, into Fergie's team. Nothing.
0: Let's um, not finish on sport for a change. Let's talk about social activism just in the last couple of minutes, if we can, David, because we had recently had, um, I think there was a a march or a gathering of around about 50,000 people in Cape Town to protest against violence against women, which was good. uh, But I was just watching the news today, and I wrote down all the cities that are being... Inundated every single day by people saying enough is enough. I mean, it started obviously in Hong Kong in June Then we've now moved on to Barcelona Barcelona yeah. 500,000 minimum people over the last a few days each day that is obviously there's been some opportunists that have been violent but there's, there's a mass mass movement against the central government in in madrid for imprisoning the the catalonian politicians and you've got santiago in chile they're saying no the the cost of living is too much venezuela venezuela obviously uh, beirut in lebanon yeah Yeah. exactly every single day Mm. no tax hikes Mm. and corruption Mm. no we've had enough of this and it goes on and on london a few people have a go at uh, boris johnson and the uh, the other brexiteers Mm but we, we don't do it in South Africa, not to the same extent. And I just wonder why, when we've got every single justification to do so. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe in some
1: of the municipalities, uh, we're still getting um, outrage there because of non-service delivery. Uh, it might be happening in some of the outlying districts, but uh, there's nothing in the city of Joburg or the city of Cape Town. I mean, apart from protesting against uh, violence uh, against women and uh, children, um, but we don't get that kind of action, and I'm surprised that we don't you know I'm surprised that there isn't further protest. I think that we believe we still believe in our politicians, you know we still believe Cyril's going to de- deliver and and so on and there's such a such a diverse you know uh, um, from, from from we've got elitists and we've got poverty streak there's nothing in the middle. And and, uh, and and it's it's really I find it very surprising that there 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 hasn't been uh outcries, and there haven't been protests. I think where we do see protests, they're more politically inspired, you know uh, trade unions and so on, but nothing against the government and the government hasn't delivered you know in twenty twenty five years, um, we can blame everybody else, but after twenty five years you would have you would have expected some a better return uh, than we're seeing at the moment, and the economy's in trouble. Um, I promise you, it's worse than 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 the headline show. I think the media is very kind to uh, you know to government. I think very very kind. Yes, they criticise them, they, but I think I think things are uh, a lot worse than, than we you know than, than, than we're um, we care to admit.
0: Yeah. On that sad note, we'll have to leave it, David. Thank you very much for your extended time. Welcome back from the Big Apple. That's David Shapiro, Deputy mm-hmm. Chairman of Sasfin Securities in Johannesburg. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.